That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. The Death Eaters behind him did the same, each of them approaching Voldemort on his knees and kissing his robes before backing away and standing up, forming a silent circle, which enclosed Tom Riddle's grave, Harry, Voldemort, and the sobbing and twitching heap that was Wormtail. Yet they left gaps in the circle, as though waiting for more people. Voldemort, however, did not seem to expect more. He looked around at the hooded faces, and though there was no wind... A rustling seemed to run around the circle as though it had shivered. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted Section, a show in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss the way the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thank you for enduring this with us. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Chapter 33, The Death Eaters. Basically, this chapter... (laughs) Voldemort just takes Death Eater roll call and then he monologues for a very long time. (laughs) Like, honestly, if you thought Dumbledore was a drama queen, like Voldemort is the drama queen. Welcome to the restricted section where we fucking hate bigoted, fascist, terrorists, even fictional ones. I'm your host, Christina. I am doing spectacular today because I'm joined by my fellow fandom friend, Mary Clay. Say hello to the listeners, Mary Clay. Hello to the listeners, Mary Clay. So clever. So clever if you've no ever on. done that joke before. <laughs> and I am so freaking excited because our special guest this week is Radio Mike from the podcast Harry Potter and the Boys. Say hello to the listeners, Mike. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm I'm so excited to be on your pod. I've heard it, love the raunchiness, love yeah. all of it. So super keen. Thank you. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about Harry Potter and the Boys. I can't like not say it like Harry Potter and the Boys. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit like that. So when I basically it's a it's a podcast, it's a fan fiction podcast. When I was 13. So I was in year seven at at school. So uh, yeah, I was 13 and I wrote seven Harry Potter fan fiction novels. Um, They're more like parodies of Harry Potter with a lot of like sexual and um, grotesque and rude uh, undertones. And yeah, I just, uh, every week I get a guest on the show and we read a chapter from my fan fiction. It's often very ludicrous and the writing is really bad because I was literally 13 when I wrote it. And yeah, it's been really fun over the last few years, kind of delving back into the mind of the 13 year old me. I love that so much conceptually. And also it's like such a fucking funny podcast. Thank you. I think I've said on this show before that I don't really, I don't really fuck with fanfic a lot. Like a lot of our fandom, um, a lot of, like a lot of our listeners have read a lot of fanfic and I've had a ton of it recommended to me, but especially when I was a kid, it was n- never my jam. Mm. 
but like your fanfic is so fucking funny. I think just because it really has this like flippant attitude. It's very like, fuck it. Here's Harry Potter. Yeah. And so like, it's not like other fanfics where it's like Draco and Harry, like having sex and stuff. It's more like, oh, like the characters in the fan fiction are aware that they're in a fan fiction. So it's very (laughs) fourth wall breaky. They acknowledge the fact that they're in a book and, um, it's set in the future, so Harry is now the headmaster of Hogwarts in this um, era of the Harry Potter canon that I have diverted from what J.K. Rowling did, and I've gone my own way with it. And also, if I remember correctly, I'm so sorry, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't he also the headmaster of Giving Head? <laughs> yes, he, he's the head. He's the headmaster of Hogwarts and head of Giving Head at Hogwarts, head of, which head head. has never actually been explained. <laughs> What what that means and why you need you that need at a school? Any explanation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, y'all can see why when I listened to Harry Potter and the Boys, I was like, yeah, this is gonna be a good match. <laughs> yeah. Lots of just accidental like characters showing their penises and characters being <laughs> naked and stuff and like lots of raunchy stuff, but it's not it's not explicitly sexual because I was thirteen. I just thought it was funny for. <laughs> a character to be naked at a certain time and things like that. So <laughs> right, yeah, right. give it a listen. <laughs> Peak humor. I definitely recommend it. Oh, thank you. Mike, tell me a little bit about your Harry Potter history. Like when did you read the books? When did you get into them? Did you watch the movies? Mm. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a massive Harry Potter fan. So I grew up, I, I was born in 1994. So I was kind of right in the peak of, of Harry Potter, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. read the books when I was like seven or eight years old. I started reading them and the last book came out, I think when I was pro- probably when I was about 13, 14 and loved the movies as well. Definitely prefer the books. Um, every time I reread them, I'm just like amazed at the depth of the world of Hogwarts and how lived in the world feels. But I, like, I really like the movies as well. So I've been a lifelong fan. I'm not a huge, I I hate the cursed child. I hate the story of the cursed child. I also think fantastic beasts is like a really bad franchise. Like I'm really excited for this new one, which actually comes out today in Australia. Oh, I I hated the crimes of Grindelwald. And I just think it's a very average prequel series to Harry Potter. And I think what the direction JK is taking the franchise is, amazingly average. Um, I'm so sorry. On this podcast, you can call her Roldemort or oh, okay. she who must not <laughs> yeah. be named, or you can also call her that bitch if you're feeling spicy. Oh, I'll call her yeah. Roldemort. I think that's clever. I like that. Roldemort. <laughs> I think Roldemort is ironically the biggest enemy of Harry Potter for multiple reasons. I think she's ruining her own franchise with a lot of the post stuff that she's putting in, but oh. also like she's just a, She's just a, like a bad person. We all know yeah. what I'm talking it's about. It's really amazing how she has this third movie of her franchise coming out. And if you go to her Twitter right now, it's just her actively being a transphobe, just being an awful person. And it's just really like, it's just incredible in the sense that you you just can't believe what she is doing that like mm. any other normal person if they had a movie coming out that they had a part of would not be doing this so 
Yeah, absolutely. We do try not to talk too much about her turfishness on the main feed just so that our listeners feel like they have a safe place where they don't have to really talk about her. Um, But yeah, let's just say mind boggling all of it. How about that? And if I was going to take Fantastic Beasts and do something with it, you know what I would do? A fucking nature mockumentary where Newt's Mm. commander just shows you his cool animals and is really happy about it. I would love that. I was thinking a nature documentary, but it's Snoop Dogg narrating it. (laughs) (laughs) That would be awesome. But it's still Newt's commander like in this shot, just like, and here's my animal. (laughs) Mike, what Hogwarts house are you? Ooh, I you don't have to answer if you don't like. No, that I I know, I know. I'm okay. a um, I'm a Ravenclaw, and it's because okay. I'm not brave enough to be a Gryffindor. <laughs> I'm not cunning enough to be a Slytherin, and I and personally, like, I listened to an episode of your podcast the other night, and I know is it Christina? You're a you're a um Hufflepuff, or are you both Hufflepuffs? Uh, no, I'm Mary not, Clay is a look, Slytherin. I am a Slytherin. <laughs> oh, there you go. I've made it very clear on my podcast. Not a fan of Hufflepuff. So I'm not a Hufflepuff. I get I'm it. Ravenclaw. I'm really trying I'm really trying to rebrand the house, you know? Yeah, from, needs a from, rebrand. Rebrand. Yeah, completely. Yeah, uh, weirdly enough, this book club podcast does attract a lot of Ravenclaws. So you're in good company. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Ravenclaws you know, unite. Of all the houses that need a rebrand, I'd say it's Slytherin that really needs yeah. it the most. <laughs> I think everyone but Gryffindor needs a fucking rebrand. No, no Ravenclaw's Gryffindor. awesome. Ravenclaw's awesome. I reckon we're the underrated house. I think yeah. so too, yeah. I, I think so too. But um, Hufflepuff is like, I, I've seen jokes online and it's like, this is how it feels in the book. That it's like, you can be brave, you can be smart, you can be cunning, or you can be miscellaneous yes my that's pretty much it favorite i think it's a tumblr post it's one of those things that like it's a tumblr post from like 2010 back when it was formatted differently and it's a screenshot and then it's shared to twitter and then that's a screenshot and then that was you know one of those kinds of things yeah in the wild and um it's like the hogwarts house founders so you know how there are four kinds of kids Brave, smart, evil, and miscellaneous. And yeah, then it's I like, think I saw the same post. I think that's why that was on my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, definitely miscellaneous. So I think that Hufflepuff needs a good old rebranding. I because I personally really relate. No one ever talks about the like uh, industriousness of Hufflepuff House. I think that's an element that we don't get to see in mm. the books at all because they're children and they don't have to really do anything industrious. And I think that like. Uh, like a consistent and like conscious uh, effort to like put friendships and interpersonal relationships before like anything else. I think that's like another element of Hufflepuff. I'm doing my Hufflepuff rant again. This isn't what we came here for. <laughs> Let's get on to the chapter. But before we get started, I just wanted to give a brief shout out to our newest patron over on Woo! Patreon. Woo! Shout out to our new patron, Drew, welcome to the family. Sorry we're like this, um, but <laughs> here you are. I need to say that to my next nibbling that's born, which is the gender neutral term for niece or nephew. Oh my God. I've never heard that before. I love that so much. Nibbling. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just the next time I see my four month old nephew. Welcome to the family. Sorry we're like this. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm a 2022. I'm just completely over uh, gendered words where there's no gender neutral alternative. So I've decided that instead of saying witches and wizards from now on, I'm just going to say magicians. It sounds dumb, <laughs> it's but so they're much doing funnier. magic. They're doing magic. They're magicians. Voldemort was the most powerful magician <laughs> that ever lived. And it would be Hogwarts, Hogwarts School of Oh no, it'd be Hogwarts just school of magic. Yeah, school of (laughs) magicianry. So we're here today to talk about chapter 33 of the Goblet of Fire, The Death Eaters, aka part three of our like seven part finale to this book. Uh, It's so, it's so great. Like, I love how in Prisoner of Azkaban, I love how it is here, how there's exactly that where it it's like every chapter from here on out is like wham like right in the gut of like shit's happening yeah um it is um it's part one of Voldemort's monologue it's like he gets a two-part monologue and then and then like he gets like uh we get Barty Crouch's there's a lot of monologuing basically (laughs) But this one, I think, is the most monologue heavy. Veritaserum is like the reveal, but this is like, this is like the villain's monologue. So, uh, as a reminder, I like to do what? Where did we leave off in the last chapter? Well, we fucking left off with the last chapter with Voldemort coming back to life from his weird scabby baby form. So that's where we fucking are. <laughs> This is an awesome chapter, by the way. Like, I actually think just compared, like, I haven't read the book for a long time and seeing Voldemort back and also just hearing him explain kind of the events of the series so far from his perspective, like all the stuff. He kind of talks about Professor Quirrell and he talks about the Philosopher's Stone and, and he also alludes to, I don't know if you notice this, we might get to it, but he alludes to the fact that he's made Horcruxes which weren't mm-hmm. really yeah. a thing. Like, we didn't know about that yet, but he alludes to it in this, and I, I found it really interesting to reread that. Yeah, like, the way, he mentions it a couple times, and it almost feels like he's like, go ahead, ask me. Ask me how I did so, it. So what's funny is that I don't think at this point J.K. Rowling knew yet. Don't say a name. What <laughs> Roll Horcruxes were, but she Hard definitely no. was like, yeah, I, Voldemort's like, uh, don't worry. I figured out ways. <laughs> yeah, he, he did something to try and be immortal. I don't know what it was yet, but he definitely did something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look at him. He's not dead. So yeah. what, what other explanation could there be? <laughs> but also he implies that like the Death Eaters know as well. Like the Death Eaters are aware that he has Horcruxes because he says like, you guys know the lengths I've gone to, to, to break free of the mortal, um, the mortal nature of human it's life. Like, do they? Does Wormtail? Yeah. Who are some of yeah. the? Do Crab and Goyle? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're just like, yeah, boss. You keep mentioning it, but you like yeah, won't explain it because he yeah. model like without any. Maybe we should, Christina. I'll let you kick it off. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I've kind of I've skipped forward a bit, but like I'm sure we'll get to it's it. Quite all right. I just want to be clear. I'm here to make fun of Voldemort as much as possible because like. <laughs> He's kind of like he's a great he's one of like I would say like our greatest villains in, you know, a fictional world. Western Western canon. 
Yeah, but also he's like, he's such a bad villain. Like, <laughs> like he's really bad at it. And he's so extra. Yeah. And I live for it. As I was reading this chapter and Harry's just like sitting there, he's in a lot of pain. He's recently traumatized because he watched a friend die and he doesn't say or do anything this entire chapter. But I was thinking while I was reading it as Voldemort is like monologuing, I would be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> uh, th- like, that explains a lot. You, now I get it. Why are you telling <laughs> or like, me this? Hmm, oh, weird. Like I would see. If, I don't know, man. I would just be If engaging. I was Harry, I would just be like. I didn't ask. <laughs> like, bro, why are you monologuing? Nobody asked. <laughs> Do you think you're cool? You're just doing the, the monologue. Yeah. Also, I would like to officially say that the best adaptation of this scene is in a very Potter musical. Just the way that they adapt, like Voldemort coming back to life. And like Cedric being killed and Voldemort coming back is in the form of a tap number. And there's a kick line with Death Eaters. We will be covering that on our Patreon bonus feed in July. Um, Mary I'm Clay, on for it. You're, I, on, I don't you're care. on it. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't care who else you've recruited to be on for that episode. I'm kicking them off. I know. You'll be there. So just you wait. Just you wait. Can I ask you guys, in the movie version of this, I, I don't know if we are allowed to talk about the movies on this podcast, Please. but okay. That's quite all right. When Voldemort comes back to life and you kind of see him for the first time, genuinely gave me nightmares as a kid. Like I was really scared of Voldemort. Did you guys have that? I think the book scared me more than the movie. And maybe really? that's because I'm, no offense, but I am three whole years older than you. So okay. maybe it was, <laughs> so like maybe the book, was like more vivid for me. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't um super invested in Harry Potter actually until oh, it was yeah. almost until all of the movies had already come out that I started mm. even showing like yeah, interest. You, you were in like it. an adult. I was more and I was in middle school, but <laughs> you were an adult. <laughs> I would love to see you walk into an eighth grade classroom and go, "You're all adults. <laughs> you can vote." <laughs> But um, so I don't have any memories of like Voldemort being, I don't know, scary or anything, mm. but I do just like, like what a credit to Ray Fine's performance oh is so just well so good. And the way that like, like as I was reading the opening like paragraph of this chapter where it's describing like his spider like fingers and he's kind of like mm. looking at his body and stuff. I was just picturing Ray Fines and the way that like Same. his and of course that's also a testament to like the makeuping and costuming department of the movies. It is, but like someone who can play fucking Gustav in Grand Budapest Hotel. I'm afraid that's me, darling. And fucking Lord Voldemort so convincingly. That's a fucking good actor yeah oh my like excellent and just like the way that he nailed like the physicality and like there's a line that he says in the chapter two where he's like 13 years it's been welcome (laughs) (laughs) Voldemort is such a great villain design like he's just yeah he's so fascinating like the snake-like features the spider-like like all of that is really creepy I mean, I've really come to like realize that Voldemort, at least in at least for me, Voldemort is a villain for children and like 
in my adulthood, the real villains are like Fudge and like Umbridge. Umbridge. Mm. Yeah. And all, all these mm. people who are part of the system who are like standing in your way. Yeah. But yeah. Voldemort's, Voldemort is the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> um, He's like half snake at this point. It's very upsetting. So... Uh, this chapter starts with, haven't even started the chapter yet. Um, th- this chapter starts with Voldemort being like, damn, I look good. <laughs> I know. I wrote that down. He's like admiring his own body. He's like skeleton zombie body. And he's like, oh Feeling my God, himself. I'm sexy. Yeah. yeah, he's, yeah like- he's like, this is peak performance right here. It might not look like it, but this is what you should all aspire to be. But I guess if you've been living, like, as a shell of a person for 13 years and, like, at one point you were just a face on the back of someone's head, you know, you get a new body, you'd be like, fuck, yeah, this is awesome. This is, yeah, this is great. I can <laughs> walk <sick>. wherever <laughs> I want. Yeah. I can walk, yeah. Um, and so next he tries his wand. He, like, tests his wand by throwing poor, sobbing, mutilated wormtail against a tombstone. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. I mean, like, I know he's, you know... Voldemort, but like so mean, like like <laughs> he like, and not that like Wormtail deserves anything, but like he's on the floor sobbing because he just cut off his hand for you. <laughs> Which yeah. I would I would argue. So the the recipe for like one Voldemort is <laughs> it says fl- like flesh of a servant give yes. like willingly given. Yes. He could have just yeah. cut off a, another finger. He's already no, done it I once. Know. Just cut no, off a finger. I know. Did it I have know. to be a whole hand? <laughs> I, f- I fucking know. You could do a lot. You could do a pinky toe. There's a lot of options. Yeah. Like, could you just like maybe like scrape a little bit of skin cells even? Yeah. Like go. This is this is gross. But like, put your foot over the pot and have a pedicure and do the thing where they like scrape all the <laughs> scrape dead skin off. off and oh yeah. yeah, just like trim your cuticles over the. Over the cauldron. Yeah, I think there's a lot of solutions here that could have happened. Yeah. Oh, and also regarding the the blood of um, what does it say? The blood of a foe. Yeah, something to that effect. Again, Voldemort is ba- like he's bad at being a a villain. He's so dumb that he was like, yeah, well, obviously I have to get Harry Potter physically to me. Mm. Do you know how many times? that boy bleeds in Hogwarts on a like daily basis. Probably we, we actually you- can't start this because this goes directly into the, why wasn't any other item this entire year, a port key conversation? Like, why did we have to do this whole <laughs> tournament? Like, this why, is true. Why yeah. could Mad Eye Moody have just handed him a pencil? <laughs> this is so that's, I've never thought about that. That's so true. He could have just been like Potter, you have detention. And then yes. Harry shows up. Because you could argue, like, oh, well, he can't just make the, like, his orange juice glass a port key, because then he'll be around all these people, and Dumbledore will know, you know? So, like... They are alone at least once in this book. No, maybe he he couldn't do it in Hogwarts grounds. The Quidditch pitch is in Hogwarts grounds. But they would have made special... No, because... The port See, key. And remember was not how I said of- that we can't start this. But anyway, okay. But the no, blood but- thing. Literally, all Mad Eye had, like Crouch Mad Eye had to do, was like catch one of the millions of times that Harry has like a cut or a nosebleed or right. something. 
Surely in herbology, you're accidentally just like nicking yourself or something like that on yeah, a plant. Yeah, yeah. Or even yeah. in Defense Against the Dark Arts, like stage yeah. an a- in, in class, stage an accident and be like, oh, I'm so sorry, Potter. Here's a handkerchief. Clean Whoops, yourself stabbed up. stabbed you. And then but- take the handkerchief and go back to Voldemort. There you go. Yeah. No need, yeah. not, no need for a port key at all. I think like what, what it is though, is that like what you realize about Voldemort and it's cause he is like a kid's book villain, but- He's very ritualistic and like meticulous yes. about doing things properly. Like, so that's why he says, oh, Wormtail said it could have been any foe. Like so many people hate me, but Voldemort, because there's so many times you're like, Voldemort could literally kill Harry right now. Like just, he's a, he's up against the thing. He could just fucking get a rock and start smacking <laughs> him in the head with it. Right. But he doesn't. Yeah. And he, even when he gets... Harry down like he wants to actually have a wizard's duel with him because he's so obsessed with like he's so arrogant of, full of yeah, himself he's, yeah. yeah he's so arrogant like and it's like that you know often in movies there's like a villain who's doing a monologue and you're like you could literally just kill them right now you don't yeah. have to do this speech but they don't and that's kind of what Voldemort is but it's because of his character that's like yeah. books four through seven. It's just Voldemort yeah. <laughs> yeah. constantly being in situations where he could easily kill Harry, but he chooses to do it in a more dramatic fashion. Yeah. <laughs> yes, dramatic. That Thank Harry you. Wizards are all about, about the, the drama. drama. And if you are one of the greatest wizards of all time, that means that you are, by nature, one of the most dramatic people in the history of forever. And I love it. I love it. But even even the thing where it's like, you know, the Death Eaters aren't allowed to kill Harry when they easily could. Only Voldemort's allowed to kill him. Like, that's another one where yeah. it's like, Voldemort just has to kill Harry in the most public, demeaning, like, way where he, like, beats him at a formal wizard's duel. Like, he's all about tradition and ritual. And it's like, Voldemort, yeah. you're, the, you're the evilest guy on the planet. Just kill Harry. Just get a gun well, and shoot him in the head. Yes, I was I was thinking get a gun too, but he's like obsessed with like rejecting like everything muggle. muggle. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. like I don't think I don't think he would be I was about to say be caught dead with a gun. I don't think he would be caught murdering <laughs> oh. with a gun. Mm, yeah. Um so so here we are. Uh Wormtail is like begging Voldemort for a new hand. He's like, please, I did this for you. It hurt a lot. It took a lot of strength. I'm losing a lot of I blood have an really ouchie. quickly. <laughs> I have a really big ouchie. You said you would make it feel Kiss better. Kiss my boo-boo. Make it better. <laughs> um, and Voldemort is like, bitch, give me your arm. And Wormtail's like, thank you, master. And offers out his stump his stub. arm. <laughs> Love this. And then Voldemort is like, you dumb bitch, the your other, other arm. <laughs> Wormtail's just like constantly getting rejected by Voldemort. He's like, <laughs> and, and the thing about Wormtail is he's such a coward. Like, he's so scared in this moment. Yeah. Yeah, he's a bit of a sniveling idiot. And so, like, watching him be treated this way is, like, not very hard to watch. Mm. (laughs) If it was someone else, it maybe would feel different. But um, but Wormtail holds out his arm that has the dark mark tattoo on it. Um, And for the first time in this whole series, Harry really understands, like, what that tattoo... He knows that there's some kind of mark on the bad guy's wrists. And he, like, seen the weird skeleton snake thing at the Quidditch World Cup. But now he's like, oh, skeleton snake thing on the arm. I get it now. 
So Voldemort presses his finger against Wormtail's dark mark tattoo and what we know now is like a summons. Um, and Harry's scar hurts. That fucking hurts. Mm. I think that's because of, like, Dumbledore has his hypothesis that Harry's scar hurts when Voldemort is feeling a intense joy or intense mm. anger. And so right now he is fucking lit. He's like, let's get him. Let's round him up. Call the boys. <laughs> and I, I wonder if that's like the Horcrux in Harry, like, trying to get out and join join back like that's why yeah the i was wondering like, too if it had something to do with the horcrux yeah mm, mm. i think like don't doesn't like all his scar hurdy have to do with the horcrux yeah but i just yeah, wonder if it's like because that's his connection to voldemort yeah, yeah. okay but yeah. i wonder if it's like that it's literally the horcrux trying to get out of his body but it can't oh or God. something like that very scary Oh God! Uh, get out of my brain. Okay, so wh- so while they're waiting for like the boys to roll up, it's funny that that it's your podcast is Harry Potter and the boys, and this one is like Voldemort and the boys. And the boys, yeah, <laughs> the boys. So while they're waiting for the boys to roll up, again, and I'm th- wh- <laughs> while they're waiting, Voldemort's like, I bet you're wondering where we are and why we're here. So, um. My father never <laughs> loved me, and yeah, and this yeah. is where uh, it's truly no, literally no one asked. No yeah. one you launched into this, like at least the other part of this monologue, he's doing it like for the show of the Death Eaters. Mm. Yeah, but literally, he's just like. Let me tell you about myself. <laughs> yeah, like he's like, well, we have like about fifteen minutes, maybe. So would this be a good time for like some exposition? Because like I could do with like a little bit of exposition. It is funny because Voldemort is like the the angsty teenage boy who who hates his dad, but it's like next level. He yeah. like really hates his dad. He's like racist against his dad, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Quote. He's vowed to find his father and and then, uh, quote, revenged himself upon him, that fool who gave me his name. Like, yeah, he hates his dad. Um, and this is the first time I have made the, the connection that Voldemort has daddy issues. <laughs> and that's just how we got like that. Like, that's the source of it all, I would say, is the daddy issues. And that's why you'll never know love. Oh, oh friendship. Friendship. <laughs> God, awful. So, I love uh, yeah, yeah, he, Voldemort's like, you're standing on my dad's grave, okay? And, like, he was a muggle and he lived here. So that's all you really need to know so far. I'll tell you more as, like, this goes on. <laughs> as my mates get here, I'll start telling yeah. you more. Oh, oh, look, <laughs> the party's starting. We'll come back all to right. this later. Yeah, the, boy, the boys are here. The boys, the boys are, here. are here. I'll start telling the story now. <laughs> Voldemort reminds me of like when I was in like high school or maybe like early college and I would like, I don't know, end up at like a Walmart or something and I'd like call Liam and I'd be like, hey man, you have the car tonight? I'm, oh yeah, I'm like stuck up at the Walmart. Can you come get me? And he would like roll up with a car of like five dudes and he'd be like, oh, you want to go smoke some weed in the woods? And I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the energy um, of Voldemort waiting for his boys to roll up. <laughs> my story of hanging out in a Walmart in high school, Christina, by comparison, just to Or I should say by contrast to show (laughs) the different kinds of people we were and probably are um, is I went to Walmart uh, 
af- like it was like a weird in between period between school ending and rehearsals for the play starting, and mm. me and the theater kids rolled up in Walmart and we walked around and talked in Britain loud, terrible British accents. And we pretended like the tallest and oldest of the group was our mom and that like, (laughs) oh, she's my sister and he's our cousin. He like us white children. That's our black cousin. And like, aren't we (laughs) hilarious because we're causing disruption in public? Dude, I would do that, too. But it was just after I smoked all that weed in the woods. (laughs) Voldemort and the Death Eaters smoke gillyweed together, probably. <laughs> that, that's in the why. woods. Yeah. Huff Puff Pass. Don't forget Rookwood. God. <laughs> the Death Eaters all start to arrive and they're all hooded and masked. Sounds familiar. I don't know. A little uh, KKK imagery little, going on there. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me coming from JKKK Rolling. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Snaps, that snaps good. that joke. Do you think it's interesting because like all the Death Eat like the Dark Mark is triggered and all the Death Eaters come from whatever they're doing at the current time. They have to yeah. teleport to the uh, like apparate dinner, to this walking yeah, so, like, the dog. <laughs> all I imagine is Lucius Malfoy is like at home reading the Daily Prophet while doing a shit, and then suddenly the Dark Mark starts like Starts going and he's like, oh shit. And he like gets all his <laughs> pants on and like gets his robe and then just apparates. Uh, honestly, they're lucky they have robes because like if I got summoned this way to like go see someone important that I hadn't seen in 13 years and like robes weren't part of the equation, I would be 45 minutes late because I would be so stressed about what to wear. What do I wear? <laughs> yeah. What do I wear? Like, I'm in like imagine pants. if they were, they were all just wearing suits, like they're all just wearing tuxedos also, in the graveyard. <laughs> Like, I don't know if you guys have ever worked at a job where you have a uniform, but like, I have not, I would say the longest I held on to a uniform, it was like the t-shirts that we wore at the pool I worked at. I would say the longest I held to them, held on to it after not working there was maybe like one or two years because I was always like, well, what if I end up like, what if I do end up going back working there? I don't want to have to buy new stuff. So like the the fact that like, like, you know, it's been 15 years and they still have their uniforms, you know, like that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. It is. And and then they're like, and then I, so now I can picture Lucius being like, Oh my God, fuck, it's time. Narcissa, where's my Death Eaters? I uh, put it away. Where is it? Why do you need to know? I need it. That is so good. Mike, you saying what if they all rolled up in suits to the graveyard reminded yeah. me that um, I read or, or watched somewhere. I don't really remember. I have just like so much Harry Potter lore floating around in my brain. I have no idea where any of it comes Same. from. But the original costume designers for Lucius Malfoy wanted to put him in a suit, like a pinstripe suit. And he was like, Lucius Malfoy, the most muggle-hating motherfucker in the world, is not walking around in a pinstripe, pinstripe suit. suit. Give me a robe. Make it dramatic. Give me make a ponytail. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put a velvet bow in that. In that hair. Uh, and I want a cane for my wand. <laughs> Jason Isaacs did all of that. 
and I'm going to use a Vada Kedavra on Harry at the end of Chamber of Secrets. (laughs) (laughs) What if it worked? Isn't that amazing? Like, what if, like... (laughs) Yeah, Lucius just accidentally kills him in the second movie. It's like, oh, I guess it's over. And then, like, Dumbledore walks out, walks out of his office and is like, oh... Fuck. That to me is well, like, why did no one in like the script department or Roldemort herself not say, don't use that spell? Lucius is crazy, but he wouldn't murder a kid in broad daylight at a school outside the headmaster's office. Yeah, a school that he like can't even operate away from. He'd have to like yeah. run on foot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, and so if crazy. there's one thing Lucius Malfoy does not do, it is run with his mm. own two feet. <laughs> So as the Death Eaters arrive, they, like, fall to their knees and they kiss the hem of Voldemort's robe, which, brave, you don't know where that robe's been. None (laughs) of us do. They all, like, stand in a circle around Harry, Voldemort, and Wormtail, but they leave gaps. I don't, Mm. I don't know if, like, 13 years later I would be like, oh, yeah, like, I'm supposed to stand in between, like, the Malfoys (laughs) and, like, the Avery. Well, that's what, that's what I'm assuming is that they, because he, Voldemort throughout this is walking around and he knows who's supposed to be in those gaps. Mm. So I would assume that they had a specific formation that they would take. But do you think you could remember that over a decade I mean, they remembered their robes. Yeah. (laughs) It is interesting as well because Voldemort mentions like, oh, a few gaps, some of them are are dead. And then he mentions one of them betrayed him. Is that... um, Okay, wait, hold on. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay, sorry. Let's get there. Let's get there because I want to break that down. Yeah, the the seating chart for the Death Eaters makes me laugh. That seems very silly. I wonder if Voldemort's ever like, um, oh, you guys, too much chit-chat over there. Come on, switch (laughs) seats. Come to this desk in the corner. Yeah, it does assign seating, yeah. (laughs) Um, I think it's, I thought it was really funny because I haven't read this for a while and the movie sticks out in my mind. Yeah, how they go up and kiss, they kiss the robe. Like, yeah. you'd think maybe they'd ki- like, generally it's you kiss someone's feet, you know, when you're in servitude to them. But, like, they just kiss the robe. Maybe, like, the toenails weird. are too, too weird. Too They're gross. Too gross. <laughs> like, if the fingers are anything they go off of, those toes are probably disgusting. Mm. Do you guys think Voldemort gets sexual gratification when they kiss the robe? Like, is it a Absolutely. sexual kink thing? Yeah. <laughs> I was it's actually a thinking... Thing. I was thinking about, like, I don't remember. There was, like, something in this chapter that made me be like, LOL, what if Voldemort had sex? I don't remember exactly what line it was. But I was like, that man, I don't think, has ever had sex. Like, I think he, like, truly, cursed child aside, I think he truly is, like, so detached from his humanity that, like, sexual gratification is, like, a meaningless concept to him. Ooh, yeah. Interesting. What the line was that? Why was I thinking about that? I actually think... When he was, like, maybe a teenager at Hogwarts. Because he was, like, good-looking and charming and, like, an attractive young man. I reckon when he was, like, on his original quest for power and stuff, I reckon he would have had sex, mm, maybe. To try but to I figure think, it out. Yeah, but I think he... And I think that might have been an original, like, power thing for him. But I reckon he's now well past the need for, like, sexual pleasure and gratification. Yeah, Honestly, like, I'm looking through my notes and I think that the thing that made me think about, like, does Voldemort value sex was when they're talking about luring Bertha Jorkins into the woods. And I'm like, if this was, like, a different kind of story, that she would have been raped that night. And then I was like, I don't think Voldemort would, like, tolerate that. I think he would be like, don't, we're not doing that. Like, that's stupid. 
Ah, mm. uh, mood killer. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh... <laughs> no, but I actually, I think it's actually really interesting because one of the things I hate about Cursed Child so much is the fact that he has, a, he has a baby because I, my... I love it. I love the chaos <laughs> of Cursed Child. Like it's, it's bad. Don't get me wrong, but I love it. <laughs> Yeah, but I, it's just like, I, yeah, I agree. But like, just it's because I think when I think of Voldemort, the character, I I always just, I never even really thought about it, but I just always in my mind was like, he's not someone who would have sex or want to have sex. I think Voldemort is ace and we're recording this on ace, Asexuality Visibility Day. So huh. shout out to all our, <laughs> shout out to Voldemort and all the other ace people out there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably not good. Um, <laughs> Actually, here, let me rewind and save us for better ace representation. How about Charlie Weasley, everyone? Yeah. You know, yeah. he's just over there Charlie chilling Weasley. with his dragons, which I still think is a, withered, a wizard euphemism for I'm gay and I'm not settling down with women. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm a dragon trainer. I'm giving Charlie homo romantic asexual yes yeah so yeah. so there we go so oh i just hit my microphone that's we're fine. just really excited about ace visibility there we go i just wanted to say instead of us being like yeah yay voldemort <laughs> thank you thank you so much so voldemort's like what up <laughs> it's been 13 years and i smell guilt welcome my friends welcome 13 years <laughs> it's been <laughs> You're quite good at impressions. Thank you. Um, I'm very bad. <laughs> He's basically like, y'all motherfuckers never even came to look for me. You could have been searching the world. I could have. He could have been anywhere. He's like, you didn't even look any everywhere. Like, <laughs> if you had looked everywhere, you would have found me. It's like a drunk girl at a nightclub being like, he hasn't even texted me. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I smell guilt on him. (laughs) I mean, the thing, though, is that, like, there is no way to please Voldemort because, like, when he summons them with the dark mark, he says, like, who, like, who will be brave enough to show their face and who will be too cowardly to not? And he walks around and he's like, oh, well, you didn't even bother looking for me. And Lucius gives some excuse and Voldemort says well, something. I think, um, I think the way to please Voldemort is to already be in prison for him. I was going to say, I guess, yeah, the only like the right way to do this was to be the Lestranges. And they went to Azkaban, yeah. never renouncing Voldemort. And then when Peter Pettigrew is like, I, I came to look for you. And Voldemort's <laughs> like out of cowardice, not loyalty. <laughs> yeah. Before we get too far into like the singling people out, yeah, um, Voldemort's doing his like little pre pre monologue. He uh, he does uh, he says, "How could they have believed I would not rise again? They who knew the steps I took long ago to guard myself against mortal death." So that's just like an example of him being like Horcruxes. What if <laughs> Horcruxes? So Avery, this motherfucker throws himself forward and starts like begging for forgiveness. Okay. I have known Voldemort for three minutes and I know that's a bad move. Mm. So Voldemort gives him the old crucio. Just torture your friends to teach him a lesson. Yeah, like You got to do it. I'm more of like a leading with like kindness and support kind of person. I don't really (laughs) get this. 
Voldemort says, I do not forgive. I do not forget. Love it. Wow. Yeah. So that's, uh, we're setting the tone. So Voldemort pauses to make Wormtail a new hand. All silver. Good for him. Do we think that the new hand makes the stump stop hurting with like excruciating blinding pain? I guess so. I think so. And also pointing out that he says when he gives him the hand, may your loyalty never waver. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. And ironically, yeah. that is the hand that um, kills Peter, that he, yeah. where yes. he strangles himself in the last book. Yeah. 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 I'm just going to say yeah a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> so now Voldemort starts going around the circle and greeting the Death Eaters one by one. Um, first one, Lucius. Roll my call. <laughs> the okay, first one imagine, is... you know, in Hairspray, Hairspray, yeah. when they're like, I'm Tana, I'm Gina, Maureen, yeah. Doreen. I'm <laughs> like, Lucius, and I'm, I'm McNair. Yeah. I'm okay, so Voldemort first goes to Lucius, my slippery friend, which sounds gross. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> like they've both been at a... Like at a massage parlor together and covered their bodies <laughs> in oil and just like yes, slip Lucius. Oh my god, you're so slippery. slippery. I like, can't even hug you. <laughs> so what I want to know, what I want to know, why are all these evil people men? Where's my evil woman representation? It can't just mm. be Bellatrix. Why isn't Narcissa expected to be here? Yeah, that's interesting. Actually, I guess maybe it's it's like ah, oh, she's. She's at home with the kid. You know, she couldn't make Is it. Is Narcissa actually a branded Death Eater, though? Okay, Malfoy is at school. She is not That's home true. with the kid. <laughs> and also, um, the Malfoys have a nanny. Like, let's it, be real. I think I think what it really is, is... No, they don't, They have an au-pair. <laughs> I mean, do um, you want to know... The, the truth of the matter is that they're all men because Voldemort is a villain... And so he's got to be, you know, racist. He's got to be everything. So he's sexist. Mm-hmm. And the yes. only woman he has in the bunch is Bellatrix because he is, she is his mistress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was going to say is like, I think that it's really just like a completely unaddressed aspect of the way in which like Voldemort and his Death Eaters are like shitty in like one more way is mm-hmm. that like. I think it goes without men. saying. Yeah. I think it goes without saying for Voldemort that if Lucius shows up, that speaks for Narcissa as well. Yeah, uh, which is fucked up. That ain't yeah. right. <laughs> so Voldemort's like, "Oh, cute little Muggle torture you were doing at the World Cup, but I know you ran from the Dark Mart because I'm always watching." <laughs> Lucius is like, "Stop being so obsessed with me." <laughs> <laughs> So beside Lucius is a space where the Lestranges should go, but they're in Azkaban. Voldemort's like, this is what you should have done. <laughs> yeah, like this is this is what true loyalty looks like. Also, do we ever, I can't remember, do we ever we meet Mr. Lestrange? <laughs> okay, I I spoke about this recently on the podcast. His name's Rosolphus. He exists. Oh, okay, that's right, Rodolphus that's right, Lestrange, I remember this. Yeah. If you ever I think he... feel like a useless piece of shit, just remember. You're not Rodolphus Bellatrix, Lestrange. Bellatrix Lestrange has a husband. <laughs> so he got cocked. According to the yes. cursed child, he got cocked by Voldemort. By none other than Voldemort. <laughs> Sucks to be Rodolphus. It's literally, we know two things about him. One, 
went to prison for being a sh- racist fascist. Two, Two got cucked. <laughs> I think the reason, the real reason that they are married in the first place is because they needed to cover up Bellatrix's pregnancy and affair with Voldemort. I don't no, actually. They were, they were married way before that. But yes. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I've, I've actually, like, never read or seen The Cursed Child, and I actually don't know oh. anything about it except for, like, the bare outline. So I don't. You could say anything. Well, I'll and tell I'd be you like, what yeah. happened. Spoiler alert <laughs> Bellatrix no, no, that's and right. Voldemort have a love child who uses yeah. a time turner to go back in time. <laughs> And make sure Harry dies. What I did is my brother either read it or saw it. I don't remember. And I was like, can you just like give me the old five sentence summary? Because I'm not really trying to like engage with this. (laughs) So do you think that Bellatrix can feel her dark mark burning in Azkaban? Oh, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. There's not like a spell, like an anti-dark mark spell. Probably not, no. She must be so fucking lit right now. The Dementors also, since they're the only guards there, they would also have no way of knowing. Like, maybe you could argue that, like, a guard walking by, like, a normal guard would, like, see that or something. But the Dementors obviously aren't going to be able to tell that difference. So Yeah, because they're terrible, terrible guards. Um, <laughs> Bellatrix is fucking lit in her cell right yeah. now. Mm. Like, she she's is, like, like is she's, like, she's, like, I'm going to... F- Fap in the name of my dark lord tonight. <laughs> With the hand that has the dark mark on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I always forget that when you open a Guinness, it, like, bub- like stylistically, it, like, bubbles over a little bit. You know what I mean? Do you guys do you guys know what I mean? When you open a Guinness, I don't it's, like, drink so- Guinness. Oh. Because I am weak. Uh, Guinnesses have, like, these weird, like, I don't even but fucking know, you. actually. They it's have these fine. weird, like, um shaker things inside mm. them. Like, I don't In know, like, can. what exactly they're for. Yeah. And yeah. when you open it, it, like, bubbles over just a little I bit. I should know what you're talking about because I went to the, like, Guinness Factory Museum in Dublin. Cool. <laughs> which is really cool. I highly recommend. Even if you're not, like, a beer or a Guinness person, it's a really cool place. But Hell yeah. I have um, no memory. <laughs> you know why I have Guinness? I have Guinness butter beer. from making butterbeer because I make oh. my butterbeer cocktails with Guinness. So they're not cloyingly, cloyingly sweet. I They're like 50% oh, I like sweet ones. I can't. They make me want to. They remind me of Werther's, <laughs> which are like not my vibe. You know, Werther's. Wor- yeah, Werther's. Your, yeah. Your grandma's original hard candy. candy. <laughs> yeah, that grandmas have in the bottom of their purse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, next to the space where the Lestranges should go, we get McNair. That's the guy who tried to execute Buckbeak. I knew he was evil because you're We knew nice he was a Nazi evil. right away. <laughs> then we get Crab and Goyle, who are also dumb idiots, just like their kids. <laughs> okay, so this is one of my favorite. This this is probably one of the like things that I wish was developed more because I just love the idea that adult Mr. Crab and Mr. Goyle are <laughs> as stupid as their kids. And I also love the idea that Lucius hangs out with Crab and Goyle the same way that Draco hangs out with <laughs> yeah. his Crab and Goyle. And like, They're like it's best the friends. exact same dynamic. They're always, the adult Crab and Goyle are also always addressed in the same breath. Can't yeah. really tell them apart. <laughs> like I, I, I honestly do wish for some reason there was just a little bit more Crab and Goyle senior in the Harry Potter franchise. Yeah, like I would have loved to see them a bit more. Although I can definitely see her writing the scene though, being like, okay, how, like who, like what are some other like random people that we can throw in here that like mm. the readers will know 
Who are some other like bad people? I know these children. <laughs> They're fathers. <laughs> yeah. And they're and they're both like, oh, sorry, my lord. Like they just they like barely even get dialogue. Um does doesn't it seem like they respond dumbly or something by books on the floor? Uh, I don't, whatever. Uh, I don't remember. Dull, I don't, no, I'm I think too it's lazy to flip dully. to the page. I think it's dully. Do you think like Harry after this goes to Crab and Goyle at school and goes, Oh, I met I met your dads, by the way. They seem really nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, I met your dads. They're so cool. Oh my god, I That's love what the just robes. Shocks me about this scene is like that Harry can be in this scene and looking at Lucius, who like he has interacted with before, and obviously he and Draco aren't friends, but like you like to think that like kids that like go to your school that like their parents are familiar people to you, yeah, you know? Safe and people, so like the shock of seeing like your classmate's dad in yeah. the circle of the guy who wants to kill you. <laughs> oh, and then just go to school next year with that yeah, kid. Yeah, like, what? And be like, hey, your dad lives. Like, like just, kids just Harry, like, going to breakfast and looking over at the <laughs> Slytherin table and being like, your dad's a Death Eater, your dad's yeah. a Death Eater, your dad's a Death Eater. <laughs> And yeah. Draco's like going, coming up to you being like, oh, we're going to beat you at Quidditch today, loser. And you're like, your dad is like a Nazi who's trying to, trying to assist in killing me. This isn't okay. <laughs> Someone needs to make a stand here. I would just walk over to Draco and be like, sit, sit down across the table, be like, hey, do we, is everything okay at home? Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here for you. If you, that's how dreary yeah. fan fiction starts. <laughs> I'm here if you need to talk. There's, um, no, it's fine. It's fine. Sometimes I feel the need to explain my jokes. And then sometimes I'm like, that's too much. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so, okay. There's a gap in the circle with six missing Death Eaters. Three are dead in his service. <clears throat> and then let's talk about the others. One, mm-hmm. too cowardly to return. One, who has left forever. And then his most faithful servant who is at Hogwarts on his orders. So that's obviously so, Snipe. Well, well, oh, I think it's Barty. I think Harry yeah. has to say, but it's Barty. Crouch I think we're Hogwarts. led to. Be- yeah, I think we're led to believe because obviously up until book seven, we're always going to be like Snape? Snape's a baddie. Snape? I think the, the one too cowardly is Karkaroff. Yeah. Ah, oh, yes, of course. The one who he fears has left him for good is Snape. Yeah, because Snape like waits until later and then comes to Voldemort right. and is like, "My lord, I was like maintaining my duplicity." Cover. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, but I think also like, I I think like maybe you could swap Snape and Karkaroff and it would still like kind of make sense. Yeah. And for sure, Harry's like, I don't know who any of these people are, but the most faithful servant has That's power at that Hogwarts Snape. is Snape. Snape. Yeah. <laughs> and then the big twist for us is that it's Barty Crouch yes. posing as Moody. Oh my God, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm no, sorry. we all spoilers all the time. Did you know that. that Bellatrix fucks Voldemort? <laughs> yeah. All spoilers all the time. <laughs> it is. Quite nice to watch Lucius Malfoy cower. You know, he's like, my lord, if you please, would you ever dare yeah. to tell us how much ever your brilliant brain achieved Put him in this? his fucking place. Like, <laughs> fucking bitch. So then, 
So then Voldemort's monologuing, and now I guess someone did ask him. Okay. <laughs> um, he's like, oh, Lily Potter's love I'm glad magic. you asked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I, I couldn't touch the love magic, but now I have the love magic and I can touch you now. He doesn't say love magic. He just says like a magic that we don't understand and an or that I don't magic. understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause yeah. I can't remember if at this point in the series, if like whatever this protection is, has been fully explained to Harry and or the reader. <laughs> Nothing ever gets explained to yeah. Harry or the <laughs> I mean, it's loosely touched on in the first book where Dumbledore says it was love, yeah. like love. But it, you're right; it, it's not really explicitly stated as a as like some kind of protective magic until yeah, right. maybe the sixth or seventh. I think yeah. it's in the fifth book that Dumbledore uh, explains at the end of the fifth when he's like. Okay, now that you've lost like your only good, your only remaining father figure, <laughs> maybe I can tell you what all this is about. And I think that's when he explains to him why he has to go back to Privet Drive right. every year. Yeah. In this chapter, Voldemort says that Albus Dumbledore invoked an ancient magic that protects Harry. Yeah. And I think that's like what that is, is the ancient love magic. Yeah. And another great moment from the movie where he's like, I couldn't touch him. And then he goes, I can touch you now. And then his sleeve falls down and you see his really creepy pale arm. Yeah. Like all it's like um, the bingo wing. That's the 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 bingo wing. (laughs) What? I've never heard that terminology because you're not chubby. It's called a bingo wing. If, if you guys can you tell what that. body part it is from the slapping? Can you tell what body? I part hope it they is? can tell. Otherwise, it sounds like something else. <laughs> um, no, it's the ladies who go to bingo have bingo wings, and me. I also have a bingo. Right? Wing. Yeah, because it's often like old ladies who do bingos. That that kind of <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, and then they have the long flabby bingo wings. Okay, yeah. um, if if anyone's confused still about what a bingo wing is, DM me and I'll send you a picture of mine. <laughs> <wing. laughs> Voldemort is like talking about being like a ghost thing. Um, he's like it really hooded, but as you know, I'm immortal, so it was fine. <laughs> so I have a question. Mm-hmm. So we know that the reason he survived is due to horcruxes yes however what horcrux did he quote-unquote use in order to survive i don't think you i don't think it works like that no no he became a horcrux that night like didn't he like yeah like a horcrux without the body yeah yeah, I don't think he like went and found a Horcrux. I think it was just oh, like. Oh, that's every- how I thought. Hor- I thought Horcruxes worked like that. That if you died, you could go and find like the piece of your soul that's in this diary and grab it and then come back to life. Is that not how it works? <laughs> I would love for you to explain to me how you die and then go find the Horcrux. I I don't know. You're a little wisp. <laughs> I think it's like because you're immortal. Like, because you've split your soul, like, you can't really die. So you just are, like, kind of this lingering spirit, like, the final piece of the soul. And you can kind of maneuver around. And then that's, yeah, basically something like that. I'm with you. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> I hate that like all these years later, Horcruxes are still causing me to think this much. <laughs> Have you guys heard that fan theory about how Horcruxes are created? Have you that it involves cannibalism? Have you heard that? <gasps> no, I thought it was just. I thought it was by the act of killing. No, no, no this so, is a fan theory. Lay it on us. So, well, basically, it's like Voldemort says that, or some. I think Slughorn says to Harry or something like. Creating Horcrux is like in it's it's stuff that you wouldn't you wouldn't even want to talk about how oh to do god. it. Oh my god! Um, Death Eaters. Death yeah, and eaters. that's why they're called Death Eaters ah! because apparently, like the fan theory, they say it's like you know J.K. Rowling had a chapter written about how you make a Horcrux, but then the editor was like, "This is just too much," and they <gasps> thought it's to do with when you kill someone, you then like part of making the Horcrux is then like consuming their flesh. And that's how you split your soul. Uh, it's like doing something that's it. Cause it actually says in the book, it's like doing something that's like beyond unthinkable. Like, yeah. Something unthinkable. Yeah. So people think, and that's why they're called death eaters. Um, <gasps> yeah. It's a good, it's a good shit. fan theory. You should just be able to look it up like death eater cannibal theory. <laughs> yeah. Um, that. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I like that. I mean, by, th- by, I like that. I mean, I hate that. <laughs> Um, that does check out. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh huh. Okay. That'll give him sustenance for when his body is gone. All that human <laughs> flesh. So Voldemort's like, uh, he was like, I was waiting for my hero to save me, but no hero ever came. And I instead, just- <laughs> this wizard named Squirrel walked into a forest. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and in last week's episode, Mary Peyton actually made that. Error, like for real, for real, she actually said squirrel, squirrel. instead of squirrel. <laughs> it was quite squirrel. funny. Um, so then Quirrell died or whatever, and then Voldemort's like, honestly, after that, I struggled with depression. <laughs> I was like, mm. that was my real rock bottom. It was hard. I just uh, want you guys to know buddy. that because you too can overcome any obstacles in your life. <laughs> <laughs> So finally, Wormtail came to save him because he had literally nowhere else to go on this earth. And then he brought Bertha Jorkins to Voldemort, who is a dumb bitch who works for the Ministry of Magic. And I'm just going to this. Maybe this is the last time I'll say it. I've said it a lot. This book, just because I'm dumb doesn't mean you shouldn't try to find me when I go missing. (laughs) Please. <laughs> Ditto. Same. Oh, I've already, like, in multiple tweets, given express permission for people to exploit, like, my disappearance or my death or anything. Like, exploit it at all costs and turn it into a true crime podcast. Like, go oh, for yeah. it. Just make sure it's not sponsored by HelloFresh. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, feel so sad because, like, the more I learn about Bertha Jorkins, the more I'm sure that she and I are the same person. <laughs> They're like, she's chubby. She talks a lot. You, you think she's not smart, but she's kind of smart. She's actually pretty smart, but she's Her also mouth just kind of an just airhead. so big. And- <laughs> yeah. She just can't shut the fuck up. I don't understand it. And, like, cute, but an idiot <laughs> i'm like it's me oh my god it's me please come find me i'll be in albania <laughs> who holidays in albania what <laughs> albania tourism i'm googling it dragons where is albania oh it's actually beautiful i think it's across <laughs> from greece um across across the whatever from greece um so is it, it is, in europe 
It's across the Adriatic Sea from Greece, and it is in oh no, from Italy. I'm I was gonna say, I think Where it's the fuck in is Greece, Eastern. Oh. I think it's in Eastern Europe. Oh, it's a uh, ta- yeah. oh, it's like Northern Greece. If you go up the um, if you go up the Adriatic coast from Greece, you're in Albania, um, Macedonia. Beautiful. So Bertha Jorkins was just going to have like her Mamma okay. Mia Abba moment, you so, know? <laughs> it, it looks like it's a lot of coast. So like, I actually take it back. I shouldn't have assumed that Bertha Jorkins went somewhere dumb on vacation. <laughs> Question for the group. It, Voldemort says, like, like it took a lot to break through the memory charm. What memory charm? Is that something that the ministry placed on her so that she wouldn't talk about shit? Like, what I'm is actually, that? like, really distracted thinking about Burka Jorkins and overalls and Keds singing about all the guys she fucked that one summer. <laughs> Okay, so as a reminder, Bertha Jorkins um, worked at the ministry for a long time in a lot of different departments. They kept, like, transferring her from department to department. So my guess is that she heard and saw a lot of stuff. And, like, I think that the Ministry of Magic probably routinely uses memory charms mm. to, like, I don't know, keep their Silence people. Yeah. 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 Cover up, cover up the like shit a, that they're doing. Yeah. Sketchier version of an NDA. Yeah, yeah. It basically uh, yeah. It's sort of like what people in power do. Like. The unbreakable NDA. To go hand in hand with the unbreakable vow, you can also do the Except unbreakable NDA. At least when you <laughs> sign an NDA, you can still walk around being like that that TikTok sound, I know something you don't. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Whereas like she doesn't even have that pleasure of like of being like I have a secret. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, where am I? Who am I? Why am I so chubby and dumb? And you know what? (laughs) That would also explain some of her maybe like ditziness and her behavior. If she's like, let's say every time they transfer someone to a different department and they put a memory charm on you so that you don't know whatever it is that you worked on anymore. Oh, yeah. She's had so Mm. many memory charms placed on her that she would be kind of an idiot by now. Well, here's the other thing, is that the main information that she provided to Voldemort is that they are, the schools are doing a fun contest this year. Yeah. So it's like, all of the Weasleys are like, la-di-da, have fun with that contest. So it's like, why would they even perform a memory charm on that? And like, Voldemort acts like this is top secret information that he found out. Literally, (laughs) All worm, like all they had to do, obviously they wouldn't know it at that point, but like all they had to do was wait like a month or two, Wormtail walks into the next wizard town and finds a newspaper and it announces <laughs> that Hogwarts is having the Triwizard Tournament. Like this is something yeah. that is being like highly publicized. So it's not like it's a top secret information, you know? Yeah. And it kind of goes back to that, what we were talking about at the start, like, like Voldemort hears, oh, they're doing the Triwizard Tournament. And he's like, oh, great, that's the perfect way for me to kill Harry Potter by <laughs> getting, a, getting a spy in there to impersonate another teacher, make a portkey in the third tart. Like, he plans this whole thing out when he could have just made anything a portkey to get Harry to the he cemetery. Like, <sighs> sh- again, I don't even think you need to go to the portkey route. Just no. <laughs> there is so much of ha- just put Harry in a Quidditch match. Just have yeah. him go to the Whomping Willow again, you know? Yeah. The point was that, like, you- I know. Voldemort comes back to life and then, like, kills Harry Potter. And it's like, I'm back, bitch. Mm. It's a statement. That's true, yeah. So, uh, so basically, Voldemort broke all her memory charms until she was brain dead. Bertha, this is Bertha Jorkins. Hashtag justice for Bertha Jorkins. <laughs> 
Voldemort broke all of Bertha Jorkin's memory charms until she was brain dead and then he killed her. And then Voldemort's like, we're going on vacation. So Wormtail helped him into his like terrible snake baby body. I can just see Wormtail being like, where to now, my lord? And Voldemort's like, we're going back to where it began. We're going back to Hogwarts, baby. (laughs) (laughs) So then Voldemort's like, oh, yeah. And then Wormtail brought me back to life just now. You guys missed it, actually. Um, I didn't want you to see me naked. (laughs) I needed Harry's blood because of the drama. And also because now I, too, have love magic. So booyah, bitches. Um, I don't think I've said booyah in 10 years. So then he's like, ah, ha, ha, I had my agent at Hogwarts enter Harry's name into the Goblet of Fire to make sure he won so that I could do this crazy plan. Meanwhile, Harry's like, I fucking told you, Ron, I didn't put my name in the Goblet of Fire. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, God, I can't wait to tell. Because throughout this chapter, we're not really getting any like internal monologue of what Harry's doing other than every now and then he's like, oh, my God. Like, I'm screaming so loudly from being in pain. Let the police hear. Let anyone hear. If I was the editor of this book, I would be highlighting great chunks of this and being like, what's Harry doing? How's he feeling? (laughs) Yeah, what's Harry thinking? Even if he's just uh, not having a good time, let's let's remind our readers. Granted, (laughs) I didn't read the previous chapter where, like, Wormtail shows up, but, like, all I can think about is Harry looking at Wormtail and being like, Fuck, I messed up. <laughs> I really <laughs> did not make the right choices last year. <laughs> so Voldemort casts Crucio on Harry, and mm. it hurts. It hurts. It hurts him. It's a boo-boo. Wait, Voldemort, stop, stop. That hurts me. <laughs> um, so Voldemort is going to prove his superiority over a 14-year-old orphan idiot by killing him in a duel. Watch this, everyone. I'm going to fight this boy. <laughs> so he instructs Wormtail. Like, so it is so dumb. Mm. Of, like the most powerful wizard in the world versus a child. Yeah. Like, what? I mean, it's like, he just did- kill him. Just fucking kill him now. Yeah. <laughs> He's um he's very into like the demonstrations. Like he mm. did Crucio on Avery just for like a giggles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Voldemort instructs Wormtail to untie Harry and give him back his wand. The end. Wow. <laughs> That's where where we leave it. Amazing. That's where we leave it's it. a really good chapter. It's it is. Good. Yeah. Mike, well, what's your, I, this is a weird question to ask for this mm-hmm. chapter, but what's your favorite moment in this chapter? It doesn't have to be like a good moment, but the one you think is like most interesting. I I find, honestly, I think it's most interesting to hear Voldemort talk about what happened with Quirrell. Because I just find oh, that yeah. whole part of the, there's a lot of mentions to Quirrell as the series goes on. Like even in The Prince's Tale in the seventh book where you hear Dumbledore say, keep an eye on Quirrell for me to Snape. Yeah. And it's just, it's just interesting. Like, I just find it. Yeah. I just find it interesting that, that Voldemort's like, yeah, I met this foolish wizard and he basically used Quirrell to like get a body and and stuff like that. I I find that pretty interesting. What about you guys? Uh, Yeah. Well, honestly, I keep saying hashtag justice for Bertha Jorkins, but like Quirrell's Mm. really got used. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mary Clay, what about you? What's your favorite part in this chapter? Um, 
I don't I mean it's more just general but just the the theatrics of Voldemort and like his return and him like the fact that he monologues the fact that unprompted I think maybe that's it unprompted without <laughs> anything going on he's like let me tell you about my childhood yeah <laughs> like th- that like that <laughs> My favorite moment in this chapter is when Mary Clay realized for the first time that Voldemort has daddy issues. His daddy issues. <laughs> like, if Voldemort didn't have daddy issues, I don't think none of this would have happened. <laughs> yeah. I also really like the the couple seconds where Lucius Malfoy is acting like a straight up whining bitch. It is very nice yes, to watch. It's great. <laughs> awesome. Well, that, yeah, that's the end of the chapter. Are we ready to move on to plugs and stuff and wrap this bad boy up? Woo! Woo! Hell yeah, I love the enthusiasm. <laughs> I would love to start by plugging our Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you can be part of our uh, Discord server, which is a very fun place to be. Lots of listeners there of um, the restricted section and all of the other Movie Night crew podcasts. So um, we're just always doing nerd shit there. Also, for the $5 a month tier, you get access to our monthly bonus episodes, and April's bonus episode comes out this upcoming Saturday, and we're doing a super, super deep dive into the life of Tom Marvolo Riddle in a special Behind the Magical Bastards, which is hosted by our friend Andrew, and uh, it kind of goes through, you know, all that shit. All that shit. So, yeah, please join us on our Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Mike, where can people find you and your podcast on the internet? Um, you can go to, you can follow me on Instagram, radio.mike on Instagram. And then, yeah, just Google Harry Potter and the boys podcast. It'll come up. We're currently in book two of seven. Um, and I was <laughs> to, um, the, 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 wait, what was it? The team wizard. Tournament? It's the team. Harry Potter and the team wizard tournament is book two. <laughs> we mo- most recently, we met, um, the new house ghost of Gryffindor, nearly dickless Ned. Um, which was one of my favorite chapters for a while. And um, I was explaining to Christina before we recorded, it's it's a very Australian take on um, on Harry Potter. So if you haven't been able to tell, I, I'm, a, I'm Australian and it's very, there's a lot of like Aussie kind of um, nuances and stuff in there. So yeah, I'd love for you guys to check it out if you, if you want to. Hell yeah. Mary Clay, was that a home phone? <laughs> I know, isn't that so weird? Yeah, again, I'm at my yeah, I'm at my parents, and they still have a landline, and it wow. rings every now and then, and it scares the living shit out of me. It sounds really urgent, and like I keep my cell phone on silent no matter what. Don't call me in an emergency. Call Sean. Yeah, that kind of scared me. I could see a scared you. I could see your face. But like, isn't that? Hang on, it'll, it's I know, still it rings ringing for a while. I know. I think that's that was the last one. Sure. There we go, yeah. It's very, um, <laughs> I know what you did last summer where the phone's ringing. <laughs> Mostly now my parents just get, like, spam calls. Mm-hmm. Um, Why have the line? Well, they have it because sometimes that's the way that their parents will call us. Um, my grandparents and my grandmas will, will contact us with the our home phone number. So I think if they were to move, I don't think they would like get a new landline. But well, yeah, it's, it's definitely intense. like blast from the past. Remember when we yeah. all had phones in our houses? Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
Anyway. Okay. Well, so sorry for that distraction, but um, I do personally vouch for Harry Potter and the Boys. It is a super, super uh-huh. fun podcast, and you and your guests are just fucking hilarious. That's the thing. is like, I think that a Harry Potter fanfic podcast where it, like the author takes it seriously would be like not fun at all. <laughs> Uh, but you and your guests are always just like having a very good time. And I find myself laughing hysterically the whole time. Thank you so much. You guys should definitely uh, come on and read a chapter in the in the next few weeks. If I you, would if you're keen. love to. I would absolutely cool. fucking <laughs> love to. Give me a second because awesome. I got to catch up. I, I went back to the way back. I need I need all the context about Tom Thompson <laughs> and like Robert Robertson or like whatever. <laughs> That's what they're all named. Yes. Very creative character names <laughs> in, in this fan fiction. So, yeah. Oh, my God. I was so weak. One character is, like, child, like, 327 <laughs> out of, like, 892 or whatever. And I was like, oh, my God. That's so many children. <laughs> Mike, what is something that you've been watching, reading, listening to, playing lately that you think the listeners of our podcast would enjoy? Oh, Cool. Do you guys play video games? Can I talk about video games? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, cool. I played this indie game called Celeste recently. And oh, um, I've heard wonderful things about that. It is such a phenomenal game that, um, you know, it's about a girl who's trying to climb a mountain. That's kind of like the story of the game, except as the game goes on, you kind of realize that the mountain is metaphorical for her struggles with anxiety. I was going to say anxiety. the mountain was inside her Whoa. all along. <laughs> oh my god! No, but it's it's about her, yeah, her anxiety and mental health issues and her climbing the mountain and throughout the game. It's a very fun game. Like, I'm a gamer and, like, mechanically it's really fun. But story-wise, I've never seen a game kind of use a narrative and gameplay. Like, there's this one level where you're climbing up the mountain and all these kind of mirror image versions of yourself are just chasing you. So you have to go really fast. And then at the end of the level, you learn she was having a, a panic attack. And that oh my God. was like such an interesting and artistic way to describe how having an anxiety attack or anxiety feels in a game. Yeah. So yeah, it was, Um, I really like it. I played it on PS5, but it's on Switch. It's on, it's on Steam. So yeah, highly recommend that it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds really cool. I Googled it and it looks like the publisher of Celeste is Extremely Okay Games, which is a hilarious name for <laughs> a game publisher. Um, that's awesome. I'm definitely going to check that out. Mary Clay, where can people find you and your podcast on the internet? You can listen to That's What I'm Talking About wherever you get podcasts, new episodes every Tuesday. Right now, I am reading The Silmarillion. Oh, nice. Long pause. Just, <laughs> it's so much. <laughs> it's just a lot uh, all the time. Um, actually, as soon as we hang up, I have to go read a Silmarillion chapter. So, but yeah, if you are someone who want, who has been interested in Lord of the Rings and Tolkien, and especially with this Amazon Prime series coming up, if you have always wanted to like learn more about the Silmarillion, but it sounds intimidating to read because honestly it is. It's a very mm-hmm. dense, dry read. There's like a lot to take in and it can get very confusing at times. This would be a great way for you to just hear what's going on, get the basics, um, but in a friendly, fun way that's not going to like gatekeep it. Yeah, hell yeah. I love that. What have you been watching, reading, playing, blah, 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 lately that you think the listeners of our podcast would enjoy? 
Well, um, I am still reading, watching, playing The Witcher, like, th- right, the five weeks later. <laughs> oh I my think god, it's like you're the- watching, reading, playing it. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> I think it's like the, this is probably like the fourth time of my podcast in a row that I've said The Witcher. So, um, I'll say something <laughs> else, which um, I just finished watching on Hulu, Only Murders in the Building. Yeah. It's um, a series with Martin, not Martin Freeman, Martin Short, Short, Steve Martin, and weirdly enough, Selena Gomez, (laughs) like that's the random thing. And then there are also like lots of like random side characters that pop up that like Nathan Lane is in it. Um, And it's kind of like if you listened to Serial, you'll enjoy this. It's about these people who live in an apartment building. And they're all listeners of this true crime podcast. And so that kind of that's how they like initially bond. And then there's a murder in the building and they start to investigate it themselves and they start their own true crime podcast kind of documenting the case. It's really good. It's like a great mixture of like funny story and performances by these actors because like Martin Short and Steve Martin are just always such a great pairing and then also like a great mixture of actual mystery and being like "Ooh, what's gonna happen next and like trying to piece together like who did it and what are all these clues and what does this mean so highly recommend that and I think the second season is coming out in June so um there's more to the story more to come Hell yeah. Thank you so much for that recommendation. Yeah. I've been your host, Christina. You know where to find me. Um, Here's what I've been reading since the last time I plugged books. I read House in the Cerulean Sea by TJ Klune, which I think a lot of people are talking about on the internet. It's a very beautiful, um, lighthearted book, kind of like, uh, what's that? Miss Peregrine's Home for... Peculiar children. Peculiar. I was like unusual children. But like, uh, I would call it like the light version. That's like a very gothic book series. And this one's quite light and beautiful and lighthearted. Um, it's the first book in a long time that made me um, burst into surprise happy tears. Uh, it's just so fucking beautiful. Aww. And it's awesome. yay. I've also been reading Mistborn lately by Brandon Sanderson. I know there's some um, stuff about Brandon Sanderson in the world. Uh, He did like this weird Kickstarter thing. I don't really have an opinion about that. But last week's episode, Tyler Carlin told me to start reading Mistborn. So I did. And I'm really enjoying that. It's a very classic fantasy. I also recommend Iron Widow by Sharon J. Zhao, which is a really cool. It's like um, Mulan meets uh, Power Rangers. (laughs) Oh, cool. Meets like Ender's Game. It's like a quite a cool um, fantasy book about like basically fighting. It's set in like a future China type society but they fight with these giant I, the reason i said power rangers because of the zords the megazords they fight megazords <laughs> um let's see i think that's about it i've read a lot of books lately that i didn't like so i'm not gonna plug any of those so <laughs> cool. but the, i've been reading some incredibly cool books lately so i recommend all three of those with my whole heart i saw on your cart the last time i was at your house that you have slay um I yeah you author. recommended that to me a long time ago Brittany morris is that right LOL, I was just about to say, you should really read that because I and I read it and it's a great book. Yeah. 
I well, that's so, so that's funny. A, that's my uh, to be read cart. So okay, to, so to there be we go. Determined. Well, that's why. Yeah, I, that's what I thought. I thought that was your TBR cart, and so I was like, oh, she has slight. I've read this. I'm gonna tell her it's a great book and that she should read it. Sometime yeah. Well, soon. the reason I have it is because you once told me it was a great book. <laughs> that's <so>. hilarious. God, <laughs> I have clearly no memory of anything. <laughs> I have a great memory for books. Um. So there, Mike, thank you so much for joining us. It's been great chatting with you. It's been super fun. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, yeah. It is, it is so cool. Just so you guys know, it is very cool living on this side of the world to get us to do a podcast over in America. That's yeah. like making it when you're in Australia. So no, thank you. we're really not that cool. We're not that cool. <laughs> we're not that cool at all. But you are quite cool and your podcast you is too. quite cool. You um, are indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us. And if you're open to it, we would love to have you back for Order of the Phoenix, which we're starting in the 100%. fall. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yay. Um, and Mary Clay, as always, thank you for being my trusty co-captain. Of course. Co-captain, my captain. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb though, dumb. All right, gang, I gotta go finish reading My Years in the Forest by Voldemort before this book asks me to duel. Bye. See ya. The Restricted Section is delighted to be a member of the Movie Night Crew Podcast Network, featuring other amazing podcasts such as Content and Capable. Having recently become an adult, Sam is on a quest to find out how to actually be one. Each week, Sam asks people how they are content with their life and feel capable as a functioning adult in society. Hi, my name's Sam, and I've recently become an adult. But why does adulting have to suck? Join me on my journey to rediscover the joy of following your passions as an adult and discuss it with people who are doing just that. I'll sit down with a variety of people from all walks of life and ask the important questions while trying to figure out what does it really mean to adult. Whether you're a pro or haven't even started, come and listen wherever you get your podcasts and hopefully you might learn a thing or two. The Restricted section was created by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Support us on patreon.com slash restricted section. For as little as a dollar a month, you can gain access to our Discord community server, which is a really happy place to be. And there are other rewards as well, such as bonus episodes and Zoom happy hour hangouts. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Restricted Section Pod, on Twitter at Restricted Pod, and on Facebook at Restricted Section Pod. Also, feel free to shoot us an email at restrictedsectionpod at gmail.com to share your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or even lavish praise. I'm always willing to show my ass. Uh, <laughs> that's the fun thing about me is I put everyone else at ease because I'll be a louder, stupider person than you no matter what. That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network.